So last night, uh, we watched Home Alone 2. Is that right, honey? That was the, the one? We, we have seen the first one earlier in the season. And as we're talking about what it means to live in chaos at Christmas, I couldn't help but think of the two criminals in that show, right? Mav and Harry. Mav and Harry. Mav and Harry, you know the story, right? They're trying to break in and they're trying to catch uh, McCory Culkin, whatever the character's name is. But every which way they turn, there's something that trips them up, right? Something that will slap them in the face. Something that will uh, knock them backwards. Something that will land on them. And just for a few moments in each of these Home Alone movies, there is this chaotic picture of what a chaotic Christmas kind of feels like, right? We've been talking about how this Christmas has been a lot chaotic because everything is different and nothing feels normal. But our chaotic Christmas now is probably a whole lot less chaotic than that very first Christmas. We've talked about how the chaos of that first Christmas was disruptive for Joseph. We talked about Zachariah's turmoil. Today, as we're talking about Mary... I want to talk about what Mary did with her trouble. We've spoken of Joseph's disruption, Zachariah's turmoil, and today, Mary's trouble. And you think, why are we talking about the negative at Christmas, this great joy-filled season? Well, the reality is, that joy is birthed out of trouble, right? And if we pretend that life isn't chaotic, that trouble doesn't come our way, then we are defining reality in life and therefore, too, a defining reality about how God can meet us in life. This Thursday morning, I was serving with Tracy and Christian help at their event. It's a brilliant event. It blesses many, many people. And I was stationed at the prayer room where before people went around and got the gifts for their kids, they had to stop and pray. And my job was to sit with them in the sanctuary at the church and just tenderly ask, how can I pray for you? Now, I don't know if you sit down and ask that question very often, but when you do, it unlocks something in people that allows them to express their trouble. I had come from a tough week. The night before, I'd been visiting someone at 9 o'clock at night in the hospital who I know and love and has got some serious health issues. I came home, got home at 10, and I got a phone call at 6 o'clock in the morning from the police department saying, hey, can you go and sit and care with this family who've just experienced the trouble of bereavement? 
And I got back from that and I went to Christian help and I sat and I heard story after story of trouble after trouble after trouble. And I don't know, I'm sure you know this, that the way that this works is that often pain compounds, right? And trouble compounds. And so I'm sitting in the sanctuary and I think about person number five comes and talks to me and I say, how can you pray for me? And she tells me her story of loss, of pain, of grief this past year. And as I'm praying, I think to myself, I can't do this anymore. Right now, I just can't hear another story of trouble. Because 2020 has been full trouble after trouble after trouble but I'm sitting here with this lady I need to pray with this lady I don't want to fake it and I'm so like Lord what what do I do God reminded me of this story of when Mary met with an angel in all the trouble that the angel brought to her life and it reminded me of the one thing that she did The one principle I want to get from this story today. When she was faced with uncertainty and chaos and trouble, Mary chose to trust. Here's the deal. You can leave now if if you want. You can turn off now if you want. When we're in trouble, we must Trust God. When we're in trouble, we must trust God. Seems so simple, doesn't it? But anyone who's been in trouble knows that that's one of the hardest things to do. But Mary reminds us that when we're in trouble, we must trust God. So let's look at Mary's story and some of the trouble that she found herself in. You know, we tend to glorify this story a little bit. Oh, Mary, how blessed. But the scripture records that when the angel showed up and spoke to her, and after the angel left, she was feeling a lot of trouble inside of her. Luke chapter 1, verse 26. In the sixth month, that's the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy, the angel Gabriel, who was very busy at this time of year, was sent by God to a town in Galilee called Nazareth to a virgin who was engaged to a man named Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. It's worth noting that as Gabriel shows up, this assignment is very different from the assignments that Gabriel had already been sent on. When he went to see Zechariah, he went to an old man. Here he goes to a young woman. He went to a priest. Now he goes to a teenager. He went to a temple. 
that was so elaborate and ornate. And he went to a poor home. He went to Jerusalem, this big city. And he went to Nazareth, this nowhere village. He went to someone who wouldn't believe, and he went to someone who would believe. Why do I share this? Because Gabriel's presence to Mary reminds us that wherever we are, whoever we are, whatever our station, whatever our location, God can meet us there. So Gabriel shows up in this little remote village, this place called Nazareth, this town that no one likes. It was not a well-respected place because it was not a kosher place. Because from this little Jewish village, all kinds of Gentiles would come by and they would corrupt it and they would pollute it. And so a few verses later, we read, Nazareth, can anything good come out of Nazareth? It was a humble setting, an unpretentious place that is so appropriate for the most humble man that has ever walked the earth and the most unpretentious man that this world has ever known to be born from. The angel comes to a virgin who's betrothed. We talked about that. She's going about her business. She's living her life. She's excited about her Future with Joseph, this sweet, kind, caring, young, young girl. Not a trouble in the world until the angel shows up. Greetings, he said. Literally, greetings means hello. <laughs> Hi, how's it going? It was all right. You're a favored woman, the angel says. Huh? The Lord is with you. Huh? And then we read in verse 29, the first time we see Mary's state. See what it says? But she was deeply troubled by this statement. Mary was deeply troubled. Why was she troubled? Perhaps for the first time in her life, Mary had to take on responsibility. It was a troubling responsibility that the angel was giving her. He says, so how can it be troubled, really? Only two things have been communicated. One, that she's favored by God. Secondly, that God is with her. Why would these statements be troubling? One, 
Because God favors those that he loves and those that he has a plan for. She would have heard around the dinner table the Old Testament stories of how God got a hold of someone and used them in incredible ways, often incredibly painful ways, to do something extraordinary for God. Favor did not mean easy. It did not mean cushy. It did not mean a light load. It means God is looking at me because God trusts me and he sees me fit to do something special and to do something special is never easy. The second phrase is simply, the Lord is with you. <laughs> You've had someone kind of look over your shoulder maybe a boss, maybe a parent. It can be a little intimidating. The Lord is with me? What did I do wrong? The, the Lord is with me? What, what does he need to, to discipline me for? She only has this greeting from God, and it troubles her, and it troubles her because with this greeting comes a responsibility. It is a great privilege, but we all know that with great privilege comes great responsibility, right? She was blessed, sure, absolutely. But she's blessed, and it comes with it a responsibility that she's not sure she can carry. She is troubled by this statement, wondering what this greeting could mean. Okay, yeah, thanks for the nice words, but why are you telling me nice words? Are you butting me up? Do you want something from me? What's next? She was troubled by this responsibility. This year, there have been a lot of responsibilities that we have that we have been troubled about. Am I going to pay the bills? What's tomorrow going to look like? How are we going to keep safe? How are we going to care for those we love? They're good responsibilities, but responsibilities often trouble us. What do we do when we're troubled with responsibility? We trust God with that responsibility. We turn it over to God. We fulfill that responsibility in a godly way. Mary was troubled, perplexed and afraid because she knew that she was given a responsibility that was troubling. Secondly, the angel continues. Verse 30. Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. Now listen. You will conceive... And you're going to give birth to a son. And you will name him Jesus. 
And he will be great and called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord will give him the throne of his father David. He will reign over the house of Jacob forever and ever. And his kingdom will no longer end. She's troubled by the responsibility that she knows is coming her way. But the angel graciously next defines some of the reality about what's going to happen to her very soon. She was troubled with responsibility, and I will propose to you that she was also troubled with the new reality that she was going to have to live into. In this moment, just like that, her life was changed and flipped and thrown into chaos because she had a new reality. She had a troubling responsibility, and she had to live out that troubling responsibility in a troubled reality. She was going to conceive. She was going to give birth. For a 14, 15-year-old girl, that has got to be very troubling. But not only is she going to do that, she's going to give birth to a son. And not just any son, but one that she will name Jesus, which comes from the name Joshua. And she would have thought back to how Joshua led the people of God to where they needed to be and how her son Jesus was going to take the people of God to a place where they needed to be. You're going to have a son and he's going to be called Jesus. And by the way, you'll think this kid is special because every mom thinks their kid is special, but your kid is special. He's going to be great and he's going to be called the son of the most high. And let me give you a little bit more of your reality. God is going to give him the throne of his father, David. He's going to reign over the house of Jacob forever, and his kingdom will have no end. Mary's faced with this new reality. Is it exciting? Is it great? Is it glorious? Is it what people have been waiting for for thousands of years? Absolutely. But I suspect to that one lonely teenage girl, this new reality felt very troubling. She had a troubling responsibility. She had a troubling reality. But the angel helps her face it. You know what we often do when we're faced with a troubling reality? Maybe you don't, this is I do. I try to deny that reality as long as I can. So for instance, if I hear my car making a funny noise, rather than go to get it fixed and face the reality of whatever it's going to cost, I'll turn up the stereo, right? 
because it doesn't put me in reality that I want to be, and it denies reality. The reality is, with everything that's happened this year, it would be easy for us to deny reality. I'm sure Mary would have liked to have uh, pretended this wasn't happening. She would have liked to have thought, maybe I'll wake up in a couple of days and this will all be over. But rather than deny reality, she defines reality. And here's the deal. When we define reality, we can deal with it better than when we deny reality. Because when we deny what's happening, we deny the power and the presence of the peace of God to work. You see, God doesn't work in our fantasy. He works in our reality. And so if we're defying and denying reality, then we miss seeing God work. She had to define reality even though reality was troubling to her. I would encourage you today, even when there is a difficult reality to face, face it. Because in facing it, you will meet God. She had a troubling responsibility. She had a troubling response, uh, reality. And then the angel continued. Mary's trying to figure out this new reality. No, no way. This doesn't make any sense. This doesn't compute. I want to go back to my old calm life where there was no troubling responsibility and no troubling reality. She says, how can this be? How can I have a baby when I haven't had sexual relationships with my husband, my betrothed yet? The angel speaks to her and replied to her, Mary, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. Even in her own age, your relative Elizabeth, though she was childless, is going to give birth, 37, for nothing is impossible with God. Mary's given a troubling responsibility. She's given a troubling reality. And then she's given this challenge that troubles her too. This troubling challenge is that the Holy Spirit is going to overshadow her. It's going to come upon her. This, this word uh, overshadow is used a few times in Scripture. It's used at the, the transfiguration. You remember that when Jesus is with uh, his disciples, with Peter and John, and they see before him like this big sh sheet, and God speaks. This word overshadowed is used in Jeremiah in terms of cultivating the land to prepare it to grow something. This word uh, overpower, overcome, is used in Acts. When we read that the Holy Spirit will come upon us. 
has been digging deep into this word. What does this mean? It's almost like God drops this blanket of grace from heaven that just rests upon her and covers her. So God can place inside of her his son, Jesus. This would have been quite a challenge to this young lady. The angel says, I'm not going to let you go through this troubling challenge on your own. You know, Elizabeth, (laughs) your older relative, well, she's pregnant too. And hers is a little bit more of a normal conception, but it's still a strange story. So maybe you should go and see her and you can support each other, which Mary later did. Then the angel says, 37, as you face your troubling challenge, I want you to know this. Nothing is impossible for God. Nothing is impossible for God. She's facing a troubling responsibility. She has to trust God with it. She's facing a troubling reality, and she has to trust God with it. Now she's facing a troubling challenge. And she's supported by a relative, and she's supported by this promise that says nothing is impossible for God. Again, that phrase has been used in Scripture before. When Sarah got pregnant from her husband, Abraham, that seemed like an impossible situation. But as Sarah heard that news, she laughed. As Mary heard this news, she submitted. And she put her trust in God. She was faced with a challenging responsibility and a troubling reality and a troubling challenge. And this is her response in verse 36. It's crazy. I would love to get to this point in my life. She says, I am the Lord's servant. May it be done to me according to your word. And just as quickly as it come, the angel left. Isn't that an amazing response? She's received this troubling responsibility and this troubling reality and this troubling challenge. But without sitting with her parents, without making a list of pros and cons, without taking the Checking the cultural winds. She says, I'm in. God, I'm in. I choose to trust you. You know, so often our prayer is, Lord, change the circumstance. Change the situation. She could have prayed that, but she didn't. Even now, in this troubling time, I choose 
to trust you. Not thy will be changed, but thy will be done. Despite the risks, despite the ridicule, despite the potential of losing Joseph, she took the risk. And she said yes. And the angel left, but the Holy Spirit didn't. And she said, in my trouble, I trust God. As we wrap up this year, as we look to a whole lot more uncertainty, in our trouble, let's trust God. There are responsibilities ahead that will feel so heavy. Trust God. There's a reality ahead that perhaps you don't want to live into, you don't want to accept. But trust God. There's a troubling challenge which feels so big, so heavy, so huge, so improbable, so impossible. But trust God. Mary reminds us in a Christmas of chaos, in times of trouble, to trust God, to trust God.